0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church.
1: And as Paul preached Jesus, those two ladies, mother and daughter, Eunice and Lois, listened and believed and received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And young Timothy followed in their path as well. And we read in the scriptures that there was some connection between Paul and young Timothy. When Paul first came to Lystra, Timothy was probably a teenager, and he saw something in that boy that needed to be drawn out, so he developed a relationship with him. He began to mentor him, teach him, and train him. So much so that when Paul went on his second missionary journey, it was Timothy he chose to go along with him. And then you fast forward, you'll find Paul sitting in a Roman prison awaiting his death. Being accused and condemned for doing one thing only, and that's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Paul said in that prison, he picked up his pen and he wrote two letters to Timothy. Those are known as 1 and 2 Timothy. And we're going to turn to 2 Timothy this morning and see what Paul had to say to this young man. So we read it in verses 3, chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's something good that those behind us need to understand. It may not always be easy to be a believer, but it will always be rewarding to be a believer. It goes on to say, evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. I love that passage because it tells us how legacy is passed from one generation to another. And it tells me very clearly that Timothy learned not just a head knowledge, not just a mental assent, but what he learned he took into his spirit and into his heart. And then it was shown in his daily life and behavior. He learned the scripture and he lived the scripture. I believe he was able to do that because there was a mother and a grandmother and an apostle Paul who were speaking into his life and challenging him and encouraging him to be the man God had called him to be. Matter of fact, when you look at that word childhood in verse 15, it can also be translated infancy or newborn baby. So we need to understand from the time he was born, his mother and grandmother were speaking into his life. Oh, listen, folks, I can't tell you how important it is that you take the time to speak eternal truths into the lives of those that you influence. We need to understand, I'm not a mother, but I still have a responsibility to influence those who are following me and coming behind me, and so do you. All of us have a responsibility to impart eternal truth in the life of boys and girls and young men and young women and those who come to Christ even late in our life need to be discipled and brought to the truth of Jesus Christ. This past week, Yvonne and I had dinner with a couple of our kid power teachers, excuse me, kid zone teachers, and they were telling us they have 15 to 24 and 5 year olds in their class on Sunday morning. That's almost a nightmare in itself, isn't it? I'm thankful they're here, but you know what I'm more thankful for? I'm thankful I'm in here, not in there. Amen. Amen. They were telling me about these kids and how much fun they had with them and how they were just little sponges absorbing everything they taught. And then they made the statement, but you know, we can tell the kids who are instructed at home. We can tell the kids whose parents read the word to them and pray with them because they're the ones who always get the answer so very quickly. Can I challenge you this morning? Be that kind of a parent. Be that kind of a mentor. Leave that kind of a legacy so you instill in those around you a love for the Word of God, a love for Scripture, a love for eternal truth that will become the foundation for their hearts and for their lives in the years to come. Oh, you heard it quoted this morning as the kids ministered and sang to you. We understand when we put the right stuff in, at some point the right stuff's going to come out. And the right stuff is instilling a love for Scripture in the hearts of those that we have been given responsibility to leave a legacy to. We need to understand that in Timothy's case, his mother and his grandmother lived out the words of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4-7. through This is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words I command you today shall be in your heart. Now listen to verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Teach what? Teach the commands of God. Teach eternal truths to your children. Listen, it's more important that they know the word of God than it is that they know the latest video game. Love the way you're shouting now. We need to understand what are things are important and needed and necessary in the lives of our children. Teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them when you sit in your house. Oh, come on, it's a good thing to discuss the things of God in front of your children and with your children and those following after you. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, he pretty much covered it, didn't he? He was saying at every opportunity, put something eternal in the heart of those who are following you. At every opportunity, insert truth, insert life, insert power from the Word of God into the lives of those who are following you. That's the way we leave a loving legacy. We teach them to love the Scripture. I want you to understand it's never too early to begin putting a love for the Scripture into your children. But by the same token, neither is it too late. All of us have an opportunity from this day forward to begin instilling the Word of God into those who follow us. How do we do it? By spending time in the Word ourselves. By letting those who follow us see the value of the Scripture and the value it holds in our life. Let me encourage you, instill a love for Scripture in the heart of your children. I found this video about six months ago, and I've been saving it for today. I absolutely love it. It was filmed in a church, a Baptist church in Texas, and it's the four-year-old class, and they're doing a little presentation upon graduation. So watch this video right now and realize it's never too early, or is it never too late.
0: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts 2, lesson 2, Romans, 1st and 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd The Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus and Philemon, Hebrews James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, Jude and Revelation, Oh!
1: you got to love it. you got to love it. I saw that video. I sent it to my boys, and I said, there's no doubt in my mind this kid has a big brother just like you. You see, it's never too early to instill a love for Scripture, nor is it ever too late. Here, this is what I want you to hear on the first point. Sometimes those who are following you don't do what you think they should do. Well, they go part of the way and then veer off. But you need to remember your responsibility, my responsibility, is to continue to instill a love for Scripture in their hearts and in their lives. Because his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our pathway. He will lead, lead and guide and direct. So number two, leave a legacy that will instill an authentic faith in the life of those following you. Second Timothy chapter one, verse five, Paul writes. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. He chose to use the phrase genuine faith. Now I want you to understand something. Faith really isn't hereditary, even though it appears to be so in this Scripture. Faith is something that's taught, and it's also something that has to be caught. The faith of your grandmother or the faith of your mother will not be sufficient when you're in a difficult spot. You need to come to a place where you know and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you walk in the knowledge of what he's able to do in you and for you. You need to have that faith of yourself. Paul uses the word sincere or genuine faith in the scripture. It simply means unhypocritical. It's real without any pretense or without any falsehood or facade. Faith had came and taken up resident in his mother and in his grandmother and then in Timothy as well. What Paul is saying is that the example you had was an example of two ladies completely sold out to Jesus Christ. They were drop dead serious about their relationship with God. They were devoted and committed to doing what God wanted them to do. So we need to understand that we model a genuine faith. Now, genuine faith is not perfect faith. It doesn't mean that you never make a mistake. It doesn't mean that you never have a moment of doubt or question or wonder or worry. Genuine faith actually allows the warts in our life to show. Genuine faith actually allows those following us to see that we too are human and we too make mistakes. Being a Christian doesn't make you perfect as you live your daily life. It makes you righteous and just and right in the eyes of God. So we need to understand, I'm not putting you on a pedestal that you can't possibly stay on. I'm simply saying, live a genuine faith. And it's okay to say to your kids, I'm not sure how we're going to get through this, but we're going to trust God. I don't know why things have worked out this way, but we're going to trust God. I don't understand why we're facing this circumstance, but we are going to trust God. That's a genuine faith. A genuine faith doesn't have all the answers and you don't have to either. But a genuine faith recognizes upon Jesus Christ, the solid rock, my life is built and my future is secure. Live that before them and let them see it. Let the words show, let your errors and your mistakes be evident because no one can follow a perfect example. We have to see faith in this life as being real and being genuine. Notice the chain in this passage of Scripture. It was Lois, and then it was Eunice, and then it was Timothy. Now, I find it interesting, as I read this passage, there is no mention of the grandfather because we believe he did pass away. And there is no mention of his father, who was a Greek, having any religious influence upon him whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying the father isn't important. They are. But I do want to speak to you single moms this morning, and I want you to hear me very clearly. You need to know and understand you can be a dynamic force of faith in the lives of your children and those following you, even if you're doing it alone and solo. You can build a legacy, a legacy that's more concerned with the soul of your children than what they're wearing on their body, a legacy that's more concerned with their eternal life than their success in life. A legacy that's more concerned with their relationship with Jesus Christ than their popularity in high school. A legacy that's more concerned with their standing before God than with their social standing. One who leaves a legacy is one who understands it's my responsibility to let them see authentic faith in my life every day. Genuine faith in my life every day that I don't have the answers, but I am serving and living for the one who does. And I'm going to give him opportunity to do the things he desires to do in my heart and in my life and hence down to you as well. So leave a legacy of instilling a living faith in the lives of those who follow you. And number three, leave a legacy that instills a lasting desire to serve in the lives of those around you. Acts 16 verses 1 through 3. Paul, or excuse me, Luke writes these words. Speaking of Paul. Then he came to Derby and Lystra. Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him. When we read those scriptures, we see three things that are very interesting about Timothy. Three things that Luke noted. The first is that he was a strong believer. He had a firm foundation of faith and a love for the Word of God and a knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus had done in his life. He was a strong believer. Can I tell you, folks, if we're going to get past the attitude of entitlement, if we're going to move past the attitude of you owe me something or the government's going to take care of me, we have got to instill in our children and those that we influence the attitude of serving God and serving others. You see, Timothy was a servant of the Most High God. He understood that. He was a disciple. And it's interesting that Luke uses the word disciple. He could have said believer. He could have said Christian. But he said Timothy is a disciple. That speaks of someone who is a learner, someone who is a follower, someone who listens to the voice of God, someone who's serious about Christ and not going through the motion. Or if you want to help your children and those following you take another step and deepen and broaden their relationship with God, teach them to serve. Teach them to serve God. Teach them to serve one another. Teach them to serve humanity. Teach them the reason you are here is not to be carried around on a pillow, but the reason you are here is to invest your gifts, your resources, your talents, your treasures into others and expand the kingdom of God. Secondly, he said that Timothy had a good reputation. The believers in that area spoke very well of him. They knew him as a man of integrity, true to his word. He was rock solid. And I believe that had a lot to do with his mother and with his grandmother. Third, he was available. Paul wanted him to go with him on this second missionary journey. So Timothy was available. Can I pause and tell you right now that too many times we busy the lives of those we are leading... With stuff that really doesn't matter? Come on, I'm here to tell you, most of our children will never play professional football or baseball or basketball or soccer. Yet we invest so much time, so much energy into chasing ball game after ball game after ball game. Wouldn't it be time better spent if we taught them the things of God and taught them to serve? Now don't misunderstand, I'm not opposed to sports my son played college basketball. We went to all kinds of games, but there is a balance we must achieve and a balance we must attain. We need to understand that that probably will not be their future, probably will not be their career, and it's great for entertainment, it's wonderful for exercise, but it cannot be the God that motivates your life. Think about that. Chew on it. Consider it. Turn it over in your spirit and let God talk to you. See, the problem is too many times we have our children, those that we're influencing, so busy they don't have time to be available. So busy they can't be available. God is looking for young people right now who are available. Young people will say, "I believe you have something special for my life that is far beyond what I'm doing today. It encompasses tomorrow, and he's looking for influencers to lead him down that path." Think about it, consider. I knew that wouldn't be popular, but that's OK. It needed to be said. Teach your kids to be available. Don't have their lives so structured that they go to school at eight o'clock in the morning, they get home at four, they have 30 minutes to do their homework, then they're doing another activity, then they come from that one to do another activity. Come on, what am I saying? Give them time to be available. Give them a chance to be kids and grow up and live and learn. Send them to camp. Send them on missions trips. Bring them to church. Oh, there is no greater lie told in America today than I'm not going to make my kid come to church because it might turn him against God. i got news for you. If you're not going to teach him, somebody will. If you're not going to teach him, somebody will. And it's your responsibility as a believer to leave a legacy in the life of that individual that you have been called and positioned to influence for the kingdom of God. Paul refers to Timothy as his beloved son. He calls him his son in the faith. In Philippians 2.20, he says, there's no one else like him who cares for you, the Philippian church, as Timothy cares for you and for your welfare. Listen, the most important job that you have as a leader, as a parent, as someone who is leaving a legacy and those coming behind you is to instill in those individuals a desire to serve. A desire to serve others and to serve their community. Serve the Lord. You see, we need to teach our kids the Bible. Have them grow in their faith so that they become difference makers in the world around them. Carmelo, would you come at this time, please? So they become difference makers in the world around them. We need to understand that they came to faith so they could share their faith. It wasn't just so that they could sit on a pew or a seat on Sunday morning, but rather to empower them to tell others of Jesus Christ. They have been ministered to by you and I and other individuals so that they too can minister to those around them. They came to serve so they can invest in the hurting and the lost and the dying. Listen, they are disciples to make disciples. That's the command of the scripture and what Jesus has called us to do. I believe this morning that every one of us have an opportunity to make a significant impact into the lives of those around us by simply instilling a love for Scripture, by showing them a living, genuine faith, and by giving them a lasting desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and those around them. I want you to listen to this song this morning, Find Us Faithful. Make it your prayer. And those who've
2: gone before us line the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. So by so great a cloud of witnesses let's run the race not only for the prize but as those who've gone before us let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness Passed on through godly lives Oh may all who come behind us Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, in the lives we live, inspire them to obey, oh may all who come behind us, find us faithful, After all, our hopes and dreams have come and gone And children, sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads us to the road we all must find
1: Stand with me this morning, please. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May your example be one that causes them, that spurs them on to following the Lord God that you love, that you care about, that you serve today. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this room this morning. You're in this place today and you say, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to be able to stand before him one day and know that because of his sacrifice, I'm accepted before God. He can wash my sins away. He can change my life and make me a new person. Maybe you come came with mom this morning because she's been after you. She's been inviting you. Well, today the day is the day that you understand God actually brought you here to minister life and to give you hope and a new future. So if you're here this morning, I'll wait just a moment And you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you slip up your hand and I'm going to pray for you right where you stand. Just wait a moment. Anyone? You'll slip up your hand and say pray for me. I want to accept Jesus today. Very good. Ushers, would you come this morning please and prepare to receive service in communion this morning. I want to close this service by reminding us of the greatest example we have ever had. And that's the example of Jesus Christ. I want to close this service reminding ourselves that He is the one who has paid the ultimate sacrifice. Please go ahead and begin to distribute those elements, ladies and gentlemen. He's given us the ultimate sacrifice through His life. And each time we hold these elements in our hand, each time we hold the cup and the wafer, we're reminded that He paid the price for our salvation. That He paid the price that we could be free. He paid the price so that we could know Him and live for Him all the days of our lives. You don't have to be a member of Christian heritage to receive communion, but you do need to be a member of the body of Christ. You need to know Him as your Lord and Savior before you receive these elements today. The Apostle Paul said it this way, On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, and he blessed it, saying, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you. After the same manner he took the cup, And he said, this cup is in the New Testament, the new covenant, the new promise made with my blood. And each time you do this, you remember that I gave my life as a sacrifice for your sins. So this morning we hold that little wafer in our hand. We hold the cup that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And we say, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for making a way through Calvary that I could know God and live for God, that I could know Him in relationship, that I could know Him in love and in power, that I could know Him to meet every need represented in my life. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done, Jesus. Would you take that bread with me, please? Father, we bless right now what you have broken. We bless the body of Jesus Christ, and we pray that Through his brokenness, through his pain, through the stripes placed upon his back, through the bruises and the blood, we would be made whole in Jesus' name. Today I pray for Maurice Laws and I pray for healing to flow into his body right where he stands because you have already done that work. I pray for Lester Oliver that you would touch him and make him whole right where he's at today because you have already done that work. I pray for Malaysia Malone this morning. God, this little girl whose body is ravaged by cancer, I believe by your stripes she is healed and I ask that it be done right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift that wafer before you and we're saying, we're making a stake and a claim by faith to your healing power. Now appropriate it to each one in this room today who needs a touch from God. If you need God to touch you and heal you, just right now say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Through his broken body, I'm made whole. Would you take that wafer in faith this morning? Hallelujah. And then Jesus took that cup, and he said, this cup is a New Testament, a new covenant, a new promise. See, what the law couldn't do before in making man righteous, Christ, through his death and sacrifice, did To make us right in God's sight. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ today. I'm thankful that because of His blood I am cleansed. I am forgiven. I have a home in heaven. I have a hope for today and for tomorrow. Because of His blood. Father we thank you that Jesus chose to give Himself for you and me. He chose to die on that cross. His blood was freely shed for the remission of our sins. And we thank you for that. In the name that is above every name, would you take that cup with me, please? Remind us daily of what you have already done. Remind us daily of your great power and love. Remind us daily that we have a responsibility to leave a legacy that those will follow behind us, to pass it from one generation, one ancestor, one predecessor. The next. So today I pray that faith become contagious in the life of your people and that they see people come into the kingdom of God because of them and you. And now I speak a blessing over every mother in this room to those of you who have biological children, to those of you who are foster moms, adoptive moms, to those of you who have mothered children that are not your own but. You love them and you guide them and direct you. And to those of you who so desperately would like to have a child, but circumstances have prevented it, I'm going to challenge you to turn to Isaiah chapter 54 and read verses 1 and 2. Because the Bible says, Sing, O barren one. And I believe that as I pronounce this blessing over you, God will open your womb. And you will find yourself seeing that desire coming to pass in your heart and in your life. So I encourage you this morning. He is the God of the miracle. He is the God who is able. Now God, I pray that you bless every mom in this room. I pray that you'd fill their life with your grace and with your glory. That you'd minister to them your peace, your joy, your happiness. I pray for the mom whose heart is hurting today because space and time separates her from her children. I pray that you would comfort her and you would keep her. I pray for the mom whose heart is heavy today because her children are not following you and I pray that you would put a hook in their jaw and bring them back to you in Jesus name and I pray for all those who have been so faithful to instill in those who come after them a love for your word, a living faith and a desire to serve and I pray that you would bless their lives and bless their efforts in the name that is above every name, in Jesus name Would you give our moms a great big hand this morning? Let them know we love them. We appreciate them. We're so glad they're here in this place today. Now, those of you who picked or won one of these plants, there's a number in your envelope. That number corresponds to the plant. Please take the plant with the right number on it. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock.
0: Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.